This is the Leading Second Podcast, where we're on a mission to equip local churches everywhere to raise uncommon leaders. The Leading Second Podcast releases every Thursday morning, so hit follow and share this episode with your team. Now, let's jump into another episode for all of us who lead from the middle. This is the year of the leader. This is the Leading Second Podcast. To the Leading Second podcast. So excited and honored uh, that you're here with us today. We're back from our winter break and we are excited to roll out season six of the Leading Second podcast starting next week. It's going to be an incredible season here on the podcast. We have some incredible guests, incredible tribe members joining us uh, for some important conversations. We're believing this is going to help you. Uh, for those of you who I haven't met, my name is Brandon Stewart and my wife Lindsay and I founded and created this space that we call Leading Second a few years ago. Uh, for all of us who lead from the middle, if you're on a church team in any capacity, you just share with us you know, the heart, you wanna get it right for your pastor, you wanna see the church move forward, then Leading Second is for you and we're so glad you're here today. And for this preseason episode, I am joined uh, with some of the leaders of our tribe to have a fun conversation here today. I first of all wanna welcome Kyle Heineke from Fresh Life Church to the podcast today. Say what's up to everybody, Kyle. Hello, what's up? Glad to be here. Hey man, I'm so glad you're here and you are like OG leading second. Like people probably don't know it, but some of the earliest fingerprints on this thing are from you. You were the unfortunate one that picked up the phone one night when I had an idea about something and I needed someone to run it by and a brilliant mind to add into it. And you answered the phone and I'm so thankful for you, man. I'm thankful for you too. I'm really glad that you called and it's just been awesome to see how God has developed leading second and taken it from a dream to a reality and then some. So we're all cheering you on and cheering God on with you. You know, it's just really cool. Well, thank you. You are a brilliant leader. Tell us what you do for your church right now. I am a campus pastor here at Fresh Life Church, and um, I'm at our broadcast location, which is in Kalispell, Montana. And that's where I was born and raised. And um, it's cool to be home. We've only been back in this city since June. So uh, we were campus pastors in our Portland location from 2017 to 2022. And from 2011 to 2017, we were campus pastors in our Billings, Montana location. So I've uh, been at the church for a long, long time, but only back in my hometown for a short window. And it's been awesome. I love it, man. You are faithful. You are awesome. Your family is great. And I'm so glad you're here today. Uh, we're also joined by Jennifer Martin from North Rock Church in San Antonio. Say what's up to everybody, Jen. Hello, everyone. So great to be here to be with Pastor Brandon and Kyle and Dylan. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, uh, Jen, you are here to help us sound intelligent today. Uh, well, we, we are, are the brains in trouble. Of the group. <laughs> and we are in deep, deep trouble going to come no. off the rails. No, anytime I need to have an intelligent conversation, I'm like, Jen needs to be on this, this thing right now. So, well, then we better start doing them in the morning. Uh, yeah, it is end of day. So we'll see how this goes. We'll see how this goes. And then, Hey, I'm joined by Dylan Ritchie from Coast Life Church in Venice, Florida. Say what's up to everybody. 
going on, everybody? Excited to be on today. Have a, another fantastic conversation with, with Pastor Brandon and the team. Uh, we're down here in Venice, Florida at Coast Life Church, serve under Pastor Jason and Heidi Warman. I love leading Second Tribe. I've, I've, you know, my my career or my my time in ministry has literally uh, coincided with my time connected to leading Second. So I am as much leading Second as I uh, I am ministry. So thank you, Pastor Brandon, for your leadership. Also means you're a baby, and that's that's just scary to me. I think. Um, it, I realize more and more every day how old I'm getting in this guy's like I, I am now like have to solidly include myself in like the older people side of the comments we say from the platform. And it's just it's just terrible. I had a moment a couple of years back where Pastor Kevin at Team Church Conference, he goes, you know, everybody, you know, under 35 years old. I think he's even tried to say it like really old, you know, everyone under 35 years old stand up. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't get to stand up, you know, and we all have those moments of horror, right? In church, we realize we're not the young ones anymore. So anyways, um, well, hey, we're here to have a conversation to get season six of the Leading Second podcast launched. And I just wanted to say this, first of all, we're calling this year on the podcast, the year of the leader. We believe that leadership is more necessary than ever in the church. Let's be real guys. Leadership is more necessary than ever in our world right now. Godly, integrous leadership. We believe that everything rises and falls on leadership and that the only lid we actually have is a leadership lid that, that leaders meet needs, leaders move things forward. And I don't know about you listening today, but if you're like us, your church needs more leaders right now because Lord knows mine does and all of ours do that. That pain is real. We're we're living and leading across a cultural backdrop that has some challenges to it. So we're just saying that Leading Second is here to help this year. We're going to attempt to have some important conversations straight up the middle this year on leadership and the Leading Second podcast in order to equip you and help you and Maybe for someone listening, even call out of you, the ministry call that is on the inside of you, just believing that our churches are going to be better as we embrace leadership. And to that end, let me just throw this out to you guys today. I mean, what are you seeing right now in terms of the need for leaders in your church and in the body of Christ? Well, I'll tell you what, I have a 16-year-old son and he's amazing and um, just so creative and full of dreams and ideas, but he is never more than five inches or five minutes from a screen with somebody telling him to do something or be something or eat something or lift something, you know? And I, I think that if we're being realistic, we all have that same, you know, habit and, um, uh, our minds are the battleground, and um, I think that our minds are thirsty for leaders and direction and influence. I mean, we call them influencers on social media, and that's just what leaders do, right? So I think we are um, positioned very uniquely in the timeline of the human existence to be uh, to rise up to to stand in the calling that God gave us to speak truth and live truth to people that are not sure where to find it, not sure what it is, but are given a ubiquitous, never-ending stream of influence 
into their minds and hearts. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Dylan, where, where are you guys at? Like, what are you seeing? And I mean, is your church like ours? You need more leaders yesterday? Yeah, I'll tell you what, one of, one of the things, one of the benefits or one of the values that leaders add is, is care. Um, and I've heard it said that one person can't care for more than five people by themselves. So if we're going to build churches and our churches are going to grow, it's going to actually require us to develop more leaders. Um, because the reality is, is that uh, care, care is what makes them stay. When they feel needed, when they feel known, they will stay. And in order for them to feel needed and known, there needs to be a leader in the life, holding them accountable and making sure that they know that they're loved. So leaders are so important to the growth of the church. So good. I mean, I have some things to add, but first I would say that I know everyone can't see Kyle, but he does not look old enough to have a 16 year old son. He looks like he's barely 30, 40, baby. There you go. Come on now. There you go. He doesn't Best look decade, it. by the way. So, yes. But I would say um, the need for leaders in our churches is, is greater than it's ever been, as both guys just said. But I think that the need for strong male men to step up just across the board in church. That's a huge need here at North Rock. Um, I know it's kind of the heart of our pastor right now is we need strong men to step up and lead their families. Um, and it's kind of like culture has, has, has minimized the, the man, the men's role in the family um, and, and made it seem like it's not that important or um, like maybe they, they shouldn't speak up as much as, as they should. And so, we're really, really here at North Rock kind of going after trying to put men in leadership, training men up, um, focusing on that as well as everyone. But um, I think strong men leading our families and leading our church and and showing young leaders um, what that looks like is super important. Yeah, totally. And I think just adding to that, um, I think, quite frankly, we're just trying to raise up some leaders at, at my home church that have a kingdom worldview and that see this thing the way that God sees it. You know, I think we have some real cultural headwinds right now. We are building church in front of a backdrop that paints leaders as oppressors. And, and that's a problem for us because we're, we're already behind, you know, you know, behind the mark here in terms of the way people even see leadership. Do they even want leadership? I mean, our, our world right now, and its worldview is based on systems being the problem, not sin being the problem. And if systems are the problem, they're everyone that sits on top of the supposed systems are kind of the root of all evil in the world. And so who wants to desire leadership when leadership is, is the problem, the world would say. Leaders are oppressors. So, I mean, that's our landscape here. That, that, that's the, the backdrop that we're in front of. And yet we know in, in the kingdom it's different. And I think in my church, we're just hungry for and just believing God for leaders that have a biblical worldview and that see this thing the way that God sees it. The gospel is the only answer for our world. There will be no solutions to what ails our world outside of the kingdom of God and the gospel right now. And leaders that see that are the leaders that are going to make all the difference mm -hmm. right now for the church. Let me ask you guys this question. Um, Let's talk about the intentionality that goes into leadership development. I mean, leaders don't develop in a vacuum. You know, it doesn't just happen. Leadership development is intentional. Let's let's talk for a minute about the intentionality that goes into leadership development. 
I have uh, four kids and something I have to be reminded of often is that every word that I'm saying is being listened to and everything I'm doing Mm -hmm. is being watched, you know? And so I think when you, when it comes to intentionality and leadership, everything you do and everything you say is being watched and what your intentions are the last thing that matter to people. It's your character, your history, your reputation, all that goes into the content, the context of what you're saying, but people are listening. And so if you're developing people, you just can't have a wing it day. You can't have a wing it meeting. You can't have a, you know, a wing it approach to your ministry. You have to be intentional with yourself and how you carry yourself. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Brilliant. You know, awesome. The other thing I would say is, that, you know, and I know we say this a lot, but never think, you know, everything, never stop being a student. I think we say that really well. I think it rolls off the tongue really well. But I I also think that even I, I can look back at a point in, in my leadership journey where, where I did get to that point where I thought I knew everything. Um, and the question is, is can you regain humility? When mm. can you identify it? And then can you regain your humility? Because I really think that there are some people that never do. Mm. And now they operate in this in this function or in this seat of, no, I've made it. I've arrived. So I, I can stop learning. Um, and the reality yeah. is that normally leads to destruction. But if, if you can catch yourself in that moment and you can regain your humility and sit back in the seat of student, I really think that it's actually going to put you in a place where you're going to be able to move forward and progress like never before. So mm-hmm. um, I think that people need to be aware that that moment's come. I feel like we've all experienced that moment. At some point you, you get to a place, maybe a leader said something to you or you, you had a success at a certain level and you're like, man, I arrived. And the reality is, is now we know that we didn't, but some people never get past that moment of success and they operate at that level mm-hmm. of awareness or lack of awareness for sometimes the rest of their career. I think, I think too, um, we live in, a, we like church nowadays is like everybody's church is so accessible. Like I can watch all of y'all's church from last weekend and I can watch you know, everybody's church, like the biggest churches in, in the, the, the world, I can watch their services. And so what it's done is it's, it's up the level of excellence on everybody. It doesn't matter the size of your church, the level of excellence necessary, um, has, has went way up. So now we've taken small staff churches with a small staff, and we've said, this is what we want to look like. So the workload has somewhat increased possibly. Mm -hmm. And Young leaders don't know how to manage their time. So they are becoming resentful towards the church because they think the church, because we didn't teach them how to manage their time, that you actually have about 56 hours in a week that are unaccounted for after you sleep and after you work, um, where you go get refueled. But their idea of refueling, maybe scrolling their phone or sitting on Netflix or whatever, they don't know how to refuel. They don't know how to stay charged. So they are burnout. They are overwhelmed. They can't keep up with the workload and they are getting resentful towards the church because of it, because they're blaming the church when maybe they should, because we haven't actually taught them. You have got to learn. I mean, if we want to be intentional about leadership development, we've got to start with time management. If you don't manage your time, you will not grow as a leader. Um, I mean, my calendar is ridiculous, but if it's my own fault, 
um, you know, Pastor Jonathan said, you're in charge of, of, of the meeting structure and schedule on your calendar. So you can do something about that. But if we're not turning around and, and teaching our younger leaders how to do that, then they're going to be burnout. They're going to exit. Um, and what have we done? I have a lot more I can say to this, but Pastor Brandon, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. I think that to lead, you have to have a level of ambition, uh, maybe a little bit of ego, you know, uh, maybe a little bit of, um, you have to be willing to get out there and be the tip of the spear. I think the problem is sometimes we can be more flattered by the invitation to leadership, um, than actually being aware of the cost of leadership. You know, there's, there's a cost to doing this. And when you say yes to lead, you're not just saying yes to the perks and the privilege you're saying yes to the cost and the responsibility. Mm -hmm. Don't you think it's like this sometimes in the church? We're really guilty of viewing a leadership opportunity through the lens of what we're going to gain from it. And our pastors look at the same opportunity through the lens of what's required of it. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I just think it's a big discrepancy. I think we get flattered to lead. I think, I mean, maybe this is just me, Jen, but like to me, I've said yes to too many things in the past. A lot of times just because it felt good to say yes. I felt good to be asked, man, somebody, my pastor saw that in me. Somebody saw that in me and then I'm burned out. And it's just because of all the yeses that I said, um, I, I think my little bit of maturity for me has just come in being cool saying no, that's actually the real flex. The real flex is I don't have to say yes to everything. You know, right. I can, and I'm not, uh, people have to hear that, right? Because when it comes to like my pastor and my church, I've always had a yes in my heart. So it's, it's not about not having a yes in my heart toward the mission, toward the vision, but it's talking about what is my best contribution. And there's sometimes I need to say no to something so that my yes and the other things can be, can be all in, you know, heart and right. soul. So I hope nobody hears that wrong, but, but, you know, I, I think I just got overly flattered by the invitation to lead without counting the cost of leading along the way. Right. Good. I have a question for you, Brandon. So you travel a ton. So what's the greatest leadership challenge that you're seeing in churches right now? I think that we have churches that were built attractionally and not, sorry, I'm just going to get on a soapbox here, but I don't think they were built on people counting the cost. I think we we built churches that were built on getting as many people in the door as we could. And hey, I want the church to be full. I want the house to be full as much as the next guy. But there's one space in the house that not everybody belongs in. There's one space in the house that needs a pretty high bar to get, you know, to to, to clear to get into and that's leadership. You know, Sunday mornings for everybody. Leadership rooms are not. Mm-hmm. Matthew chapter 10 is, is this moment for Jesus. You know, Matthew 10 is a response to Matthew nine, when Jesus said the harvest is plentiful and the laborers are few. So Jesus needed more leaders as the ministry was growing. And I mean, he said, pray to the Lord, send out workers into the harvest field, probably every pastor's theme verse for 2023, you know, <laughs> God give us more leaders, you know? And, but what did Jesus do? It says in Matthew 10 and 1, he called his disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out demons and heal the sick. So he empowered them. They mm-hmm. they now were going to go out and do ministry in Jesus' name with Jesus' power. I mean, pretty 
pretty significant moment here for the disciples. But in that same meeting, he also asked for their life in return. Same, same room, same orientation, same conversation. And he said, if you love your mother and father more than me, you're not worthy of me. I mean, to me, that's not Jesus being anti-family. That's Jesus saying there's a bar to clear to yeah. lead in the kingdom. Mm. Uh, he, mm. Jesus wasn't asking to replace our family. He just wanted to be first. He needs to be first in the life of every leader. You know, there's just a, there's, there's a cost to it. And I just think, going back to your question, I just think this is where the attractional model is collapsing right now because it, it didn't produce leaders. It produced maybe hyper-volunteers, but it didn't produce leaders. Mm -hmm. uh, not at the scale to which we're needing, which, hence when right. the storm came, we saw so many blow over in that season. So now I think we're actually getting down and doing the work of leadership development, which is why I'm so encouraged by, by my pastor, by our church right now. Like my pastor said at the beginning of this year, I hope this is okay to say publicly. I mean, he said at the beginning of this year, I want to personally disciple a hundred leaders this year. And I just thought, first of all, my pastor has been pastoring for 37 years. I want to say in our church, you know, they're in their sixties. He's a, once in a generation leader, in my opinion, and he still has that grit. He still has the grit to get down mm. and say, I'm, I'm going to personally impact a mm. hundred leaders this year. Like mm -hmm. I just, I so respected that when I heard him say that, just like, like getting back to that level, to that place, rather than, I guess, some of what the attractional model produced. So I'll, I'll regress now and, and, or I'll digress now and, and, you know, we can move on, but that's my soapbox is, is we got to help some people count the cost mm -hmm. to this. And, and, and here's, here's what you'd think. You'd think if you set the bar high, you'd think you'd cut out people that would want to be involved. And maybe you do, but what I will tell you and watch this, if you do it right and you set the bar high and you set expectations high, watch, you will have people tripping over themselves to get in that room. Mm -hmm. to get in that space because people want to be called higher. They don't want to be sold short right. like the world is selling them short. Right. They want to be called higher. We just have to do it in the kingdom way. Right. Right. So good. And something that you said right there made me think of Titus and basically we're commanded the older men and women are commanded to train up, raise up and, and, and guide the younger men and women. And I think if we are, Brandon, you called us on this podcast, a seasoned leader. I don't know how Dylan and Kyle feel about that. I'm definitely a seasoned leader. Um, I'm going to be a grandma soon. I forget. But, um, I forget. Dylan's the baby. Dylan's the baby. <laughs> I think. I don't think Dylan's been saved as long as leading second is old. We'll just put it that way. Took the compliment and rolled with it. So. <laughs> <laughs> but but if you are a seasoned leader in in your church, I think it's our responsibility to train. We have a responsibility to raise up and train. Like not just do our job. Part of our job is to raise up and train leaders that are under us. You know, guys, I, I did a study recently in the New Testament that I'm super excited about. I'm probably going to say this a hundred times this year. I recently, with the help of a couple team members, we looked up and researched every named believer in the early church, named in scripture. Meaning, you know, you know those names that you pass over? As the the apostles are greeting, they're 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 signing on to their letters. They're standing signing off. Would you know there there's over 120 named 
individual leaders or households in the early church in the New Testament that are that are named. Hmm. And so I I have a whole catalog of them. And what I th- thought was so interesting is number one, you've never heard a sermon on 99% of those leaders. You, you, you wouldn't know most of their names. If I, you've read them in scripture, you've, you've glossed over them as like the, the, the throwaway verses, you know, at the beginning of the letter or something, but think about it, the early church, you know, and, it, and it's the first century, it, it numbered probably in the tens of thousands of believers easily. And um, yet those 120 were named in some way because of their contribution in the church. I mean, just let, let that sink in out of the tens of thousands. The, they, they, were, they were thanked, they were greeted, they were named, they were called out by Paul, they were called out by, you know, by the writers. And yet you, you and I have no clue what they did. Most of them, we don't know their story. One, one woman in Romans, Paul just said, says of her, it says she worked hard for the Lord. Like imagine if that's how you went down in scripture as like Kyle worked hard for the Lord, you know, that, that, so, so to me, it says a couple things. It says, first of all, they, they, they were leaders because they, we know that they got called out for some reason and yet their service was to God, not before man. I mean, we, history doesn't know what they did yet. We know it was significant. I just thought that was so beautiful. And I thought, man, if, if history doesn't know anything else of my life, Brandon worked hard for the Lord. Like Brandon, Brandon loved his church. Brandon served his church. To me, that's kind of the essence we're trying to get people back to is that level of ownership for this thing we're part of. I'm totally preaching. I shouldn't be preaching, but like that, that's probably one of my most exciting pictures I've had recently of this thing. Pass the buckets. And if you'd like to give, click this link below, (laughs) right? But you know, it makes me think a lot of like, we we talk about the disciples and and these guys um they went to their grave you know following this call and i think uh, i'm just going to speak for myself sometimes i can be all campus and not enough pastor you know and forget you know it's like <laughs> i can get into the minutia i can get into the work i can get into the thing and forget that i'm a, a follower of jesus and what what compelled these people to go all the way to you know, Stephen getting stoned in the temple, first of his kind, uh, or Peter, you know, crucified upside down. You know, what, what led to that was they were witnesses to Jesus. They were, they were followers first before they were leaders. And we love to talk about their leadership, but it's like, as we have seen post COVID was man, the, the crises of, of life, the things that you're going to have to lead people through will test your, resolve will test your purpose will test why you are are here in the first place and if you're here for i mean you're a moron if you're here for a paycheck so let's start there (laughs) but but if you're if you're here for the instagram followers you're here for the influence you're here for you know to rub shoulders with the the who's who it will all be found out because the moment you have to carry people through a trial you're a vapor you know you've got nothing there so i mean even just for myself just to to remind myself, I'm not, I'm not here for work first. I'm not here to, I'm a, I'm a follower before I'm a leader and I'm leading people because I'm a follower and I'm leading people Mm. into followership as well. I I am so 
taking that, by the way. I cannot wait until the first time I'm in a coaching meeting and I can say, you are all campus and no pastor. That That is a brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for giving me my new, uh, my new coaching rebuke. That's awesome. Um, so you mentioned the word discipleship. Dylan, we, we were chatting about this earlier. Let's talk for a minute about how discipleship and leadership are different because they are different. And we are called to be disciples as a primary calling. But I think a, an important distinction, and we actually have a lesson on this on our site right now, um, an important distinction would be um, that's not what we're talking about here. We're, we're not, we're not talking just about discipleship. We're talking about leadership. How do you guys see those as different? Yeah, Brandon, I, I think for me, when I think about discipleship, um, because this, this, this word gets thrown around in, in the church world as much as the word fellowship. It's like one of these words that the church is married to, um, but it's lost its meaning in my opinion. Um, and when it comes to discipleship, I think one of the greatest pictures of it is when, 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 you know, the Bible talks about follow me as I follow Christ and there's action to it. Um, and more often than not, when people challenge the discipleship programs of church, what they're saying is that we're not sitting around drinking coffee, studying the word for four hours. Like we, we've, we've developed that as the illustration of discipleship is like Bible study. And I think that's an element to it. But when the Bible says, follow me as I follow Christ, that's action. So are you able to take what you're learning and put it into action as a follower of Christ? For me, that's discipleship. And then what leadership is, is it's the study of the essentials that you need in order to be successful in discipling people. Um, so do you have the character? Do you have the competency? You know, some of the things, the leadership essentials that, you know, team churches develop, which are phenomenal. Do you have these elements to yourself, to your leadership that then allow you to disciple people successfully, if that makes sense? I mean, it's it's worth just saying you can't disciple someone if you're not a disciple yourself. I mean, Jesus is reminding us to return to our first love. Uh, I heard a friend of mine say, Bible leaders are Bible readers. And it's funny how, um, you you know, like before I was ever a pastor, I thought if I'm a pastor, I'm going to be like just in the word all the time. I'm just going to be reading my Bible all the time. But it, I don't know if I um, am any better at reading the Bible than I was before I was a pastor, if I'm being honest, I'm, I see the value of it more, but I still suck sometimes. I'm still lame sometimes. And if I'm trying to develop people, I have to always be reminded to go back to my first love. And every time I've been having a hard time or struggling, it's because of that, that something has uh, taken priority or precedent over my relationship with God. Yep. Yep. You guys are brilliant. And I'm glad we're talking about this tension. To me, it's wrapped up in the idea. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. So following Christ is discipleship. Follow me is leadership. And, and of course, the follow me has to be followed with as I follow Christ. So kingdom has to be both. But, but to me, that's the essence of the difference here is disciples follow Christ. And that is first principles. That is first things first. But to me, leadership is we've got to bring people along with us in that. Yeah. And, I mean, that's like Matthew 28, right? I mean, you, you, right. Jesus didn't say, follow me. And that's that. 
Yeah. Make disciples. Right. So there's so, your, so the, 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 the making is the leadership. You know, I, I, I know, I know it's a little convoluted, but to me, to me, um, we're not making a case for either, or we're making a case for both and in the church right now. Mm-hmm. It's the two sides of the same coin. If you're going to follow Jesus, you have to make disciples. It's they're like hands and hand in hand. Yeah. I just think I would argue for the fact that it's two different sets of disciplines. And I've met people that have one or the other. And I think I'm, I'm kind of on the hunt for those that are willing to embrace both, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. Kyle, to your point, like I'm, I'm a better leader because I've taken the word more seriously the last couple of years, studying it, getting better at my study, getting better at my message prep, you know, that, that, that's, that's an area that's improved in my life versus leadership is, you know, how, how do I gain influence with people? And then what do I do with that influence when I have it? You know, how do I bring people along? And, um, I think our pastors are are hungry for both right now. And I think it's, it's, it's hard to make a case for, for one or the other, I guess, in this day, bottom line it for me, guys, like what, what are our pastors looking for this year? I mean, you know, when it comes to leadership, speak on behalf of your teams and our pastors, like how do we really put points on the board for our pastors this year when it comes to leadership development? You guys have any thoughts on that? Yeah. One of the things, just having a conversation with our pastor, one of the things that our pastor is looking for, and it's, it's involved in our part of our leadership development process is a deep conviction of the word of truth and grace. Right. Uh, we need to carry grace in our hearts for people, um, but be unwavering in the truth. And part of that is understanding what truth is, understanding what the Bible says about hot topics of today's culture and, and where we stand as followers of Christ when it comes to, you know, the hot topics that are in the news today. Like, do you understand if you're going to be an effective leader in the church, you need to understand what the Bible says about these subjects. Because what's going to end up happening is you're going to find yourself in a conversation where you are seen as a leader and what comes out of your mouth and what you say better align with the word of God. You can do it in a graceful way, but it better align. True. True. Jen, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I do. I would amen everything that Dylan just said. I think that that's probably what um, our, as an XP team, that's what we're looking at here is really getting both. And, you know, we were just talking about discipleship and leadership um, it's both and I think Pastor Brandon, that's what you said. And and so it's making sure that we are as we raise up and train new leaders that we're getting both in them. And if you said, what, how do we put points on the board for our pastor this year? I think it's concentrating on both of those things. It's both and um, and making sure that when they are approached in the lobby and asked those hot button topics, that they know exactly what the Bible says about it. They know how to answer it. They know how our pastor would answer it and everything's in alignment from top to bottom. So, yeah. I think that our pastors are looking for unified, aligned co-laborers with them. I think that um, we have to be willing to run as fast as they are. And I think that they are right to expect us to be on board. And um, there's just no time and no margin for division or preference. 
Um, if you're on that team and you're called to lead and pastor and build, then get after it and build, build people and build the kingdom. And um, you'll have time to complain about what things aren't your favorite after you see how successful your pastor's vision was. So good, guys. I, I'm looking forward to a lot of leadership conversations this year on the podcast. We're going to stick to True North and we're going to kind of go right up the middle this year and have the conversations we need to have around leadership and how we do just this. How do we move things forward on behalf of our pastors? So we'll land the plane there for today, guys, but thank you for your contribution. Thank you for your wisdom. And I'm just excited to hear from you and hear from some of the rest of our tribe uh, this year. We have some brilliant guests uh, planned for the podcast this year. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be incredible. A lot of great things ahead for Leading Second Podcast. Hey, for everyone listening today, we want you to know we're so thankful for you. We love you. We created this space for you. If there's any way we can serve you or your church, please reach out to us. Uh, Let us know how we can be running alongside you. But until next time, Leading Second, let's run strong for the kingdom and lead in an uncommon way together. God bless you guys. To find the episode guide, visit our website, leadingsecond.com forward slash podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Leading Second and join us on the Leading Second Collective on Facebook.